The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to John. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things came to be through him, and without him nothing came to be. What came to be through him was life, and this life was the light of the human race. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. A man named John was sent from God. He came for testimony to testify to the light, so that all might believe through him. He was not the light, but came to testify to the light. The true light, which enlightens everyone, was coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world came to be through him. The world did not know him. He came to what was his own, but his own people did not accept him. But to those who did accept him, he gave power to become children of God. To those who believe in his name, who were born not only by natural generation, nor by human choice, nor by a man's decision, but of God. And the word became flesh and made his dwelling among us, and we saw his glory the glory as of the Father's only Son, full of grace and truth. John testified to him and cried out, saying, This was he of whom I said, The one who is coming after me ranks ahead of me, because he existed before me. From his fullness we have all received grace in place of grace, because while the law was given through Moses, grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God, the only Son, God, who is at the Father's side, has revealed Him. Has revealed Him. The Gospel of the Lord. Please be seated. I feel like I've made it to the big times now. I get to celebrate Christmas Mass at Resurrection. I mean, how much better can you get, right? St. Pat's, here we go. Uh, good morning to everybody. My name is Father Eric Nielsen. In case you don't know me, some of you do, some of you don't. I am one of those weird legionary priests that lives across the street in the house on the hill. I know some of you probably think that like the Adams family lives there or something, but you're not far from the truth, by the way, but it's us. <laughs> you know, uh, when I was, before I studied theology, I kind of knew the answer, but still you're always looking for what, for the answer to certain questions. And one of them is this, have you ever asked yourself, why do we celebrate Christmas? It's like, well, Jesus came and did, okay, that's true, but why? Why is that a big deal to you and me? And I think it comes down to this. Try to imagine what would humanity be like if God didn't come, if God had not chosen to be born to be one of us, if God never revealed his face, what would history be like? What would the world be like? Um, you know, I, probably one illustration was, you remember a couple of years ago how society was kind of chaotic and it seemed like no matter what you did or thought, you were going to get called out on it and judged and somehow you were going to be labeled a hater and churches were actually being vandalized and stuff because Christianity was evil and we were imperialistic and who knows what else. And it seemed like everywhere you turned, there was this climate of kind of suspicion and, you know, 
people were pitted against one another. And I think that's a little bit of an image of what the world is like without the coming of Christ. In today's gospel, which is always one of the hard ones to read on because it starts with, you know, abstract things like in the beginning was the Word and the Word was with God and the Word was God, I would like to focus on the last part of this gospel because I think this is where kind of the rubber hits the road for you and for me. The last words say the following, No one has ever seen God. The only Son, God, who is at the Father's side, has revealed Him. That is what Christmas is. For all of human history, up until the coming of Jesus, we had been waiting to see the face of God. And actually, there was, in, in the Jewish religion, it was thought, you can't see the face of God. He's absolutely remote. He's up there in the clouds. And I think that's the way a lot of people still think of God. But God is not satisfied with just being some abstract guy up there in the clouds. He's not satisfied with just being a lawgiver or a judge or a police officer or whatever for us. God wants to enter into a relationship of love. And he made himself incarnate. He made himself a human being, and not only a human being, but a baby. So that there is absolutely nobody in the world that won't get what it means to know God. There's not a single human, part of the power of a baby is there's not a single human being in the world that is afraid to approach like a newborn child. You could be a homeless person, you could be a criminal, you could be whatever, whatever particular category of society's outcast. If you see a small child there, you know that the child is not going to reject you. The small child will accept absolutely anybody that comes and shows him love, right? And that's part of the beauty of a baby. A baby is somebody who's absolutely vulnerable, absolutely innocent. We look at a small child and you just see all the potential and all the beauty and all the sinlessness and cuteness and whatever else. And a baby is so available that absolutely anybody at all can come and approach that child. Imagine the fact that the God who created the heavens and the earth and the universe chose to take that form. He could have taken any form he wanted. He could have appeared like Zeus with lightning bolts and everything. And nonetheless, he says, I want to come as a newborn, helpless infant, born into poverty. Not even a, an infant born in Caesar's palace or something. Born into poverty, so there will be absolutely no category of human being that is afraid to come to me. And that means that holiness is as simple as loving a person. Up until the time of Jesus, holiness was considered to be a matter of, do you know the law? The Jewish law, do you know it? And there was like 600 and whatever rules, I don't remember, 600, I don't remember what it was, an incredible amount of laws in the Torah. And you had to know them and follow them all. Imagine going through life where our conception of God is a police officer who's judging, you know, you're doing pretty good, but you messed up on these couple of laws, so, you know, you're still not quite ready. And now Christ has come to reveal to us knowing, being a saint is as simple as knowing how to love a person. And that's why even the smallest child, little kids can become saints. In our history, we have stories of children who are canonized saints. There are people that, you know, 
maybe are not all the way there and nonetheless can become saints. Because every one of us knows how to know and knows how to love another person. And to the extent that we can look at God as a father, as a person, as somebody who loves us, to the extent that we can look at the Christ child and recognize this is my God and love that child, to that extent we can become saints. And that's, I think, the beauty of what Christmas brings for us. Christmas makes holiness simple. Christmas makes holiness attainable. Is, is holiness still going to be difficult? Sure, because frankly speaking, loving is not so easy. Loving is beautiful and romantic and everything as long as we're looking at babies or looking, you know, we're still in our honeymoon or looking at the person that we love across a romantic candlelight dinner. Love is also going to apply lots of sacrifices. You can ask any parent out there. You know, the minute the children come along, the honeymoon's over, the, all the romance and everything out the window. It's like, okay, three in the morning, dirty diapers. Okay, you solve this like adults, scissors, paper, stone. Okay, your turn. But that's love. Love is always going to imply, am I willing to sacrifice myself for the one who I love? Sure, that's going to be a big part of our faith. But nonetheless, it's always going to come down to something that is so simple. Do I choose to love a person? And that is why our faith ultimately, for all the different rules and all the things that the church has, and all these rules are important, I'm not saying they don't matter, um, for all the different rules out there, our faith still comes down to just two things. Love God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. And Christ, by becoming a small child, by becoming one of us, has combined both of those. All we really need to do, really, to become saints is to know Christ and to love Him. So, that is my invitation. You're all here. As good faithful Catholics, you are here on your Sunday Mass. Congratulations. So let's continue living out this Christmas Day, living those two commandments, loving Christ. And by doing that, we will love our neighbor and we will love our God. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit.